Hello and welcome to Mondays with Mac. My name is Dr. John B. McIntosh, licensed professional counselor and certified advanced alcohol and drug counselor. Today's topic is going to be on codependency. Last talk I had, we discussed vampirism, and today we're going to see how well the codependent individual can fit into the scenario of what the vampire seeks out. So, let's begin by looking at the signs and symptoms of codependency. First of all, this particular uh, mental health disorder was highly associated with women being married to alcoholic or drug-addicted males. Now, however, codependent behavior is, is uh, found in family systems, between siblings, in relationships, and also friendships. So, it is a very serious process addiction that takes much work to get into the psyche of the individual to see why they think and do the things that they do. In my past experiences, I've worked with uh, many uh, codependent individuals and uh, I began to seek out wanting to work more with codependency than active addictions due to how fascinating these individuals were to me. Uh, so let's talk about some of the symptoms of codependent people. Uh, codependent individuals have an overdeveloped sense of responsibility and they're so overly concerned with others and pleasing others rather than looking at their own needs. This in turn enabled them not to look too closely at their own faults and instead identify and adopt to uh, the qualities of the other. Codependent people will stuff their emotions from traumatic childhoods and they lose the ability to feel or express their feelings, mostly because it hurts them so much to do so. So they will oftentimes not allow their feelings to come forth. They will isolate from and are often very afraid of people, especially authority figures. They don't want to be seen in that way. They have, uh, they have become approval seekers in life, and they lost their identity in the process because in order to be loved by someone, they feel they have to give up themselves in order to do so. Uh, another a good book to read on the subject matter when it comes to uh, loving relationships that are codependent a book by Melody Beatty called Codependent No More, where she goes into quite a bit of detail of how many codependents, especially females, tend to give up their identity to please or coexist with the other in trying to make the other happy. Very good resource for you to read. Codependent uh, people tend to be very frightened by angry people and they don't like any kind of personal criticism. So they do anything to avoid bringing attention to themselves. They live from a viewpoint of victim. And this, folks, is very, very difficult to work with in a counseling session when you're working with an individual who feels like a victim. Now, as children, we're innocent and defenseless in many ways. So what that means is, you know, abuse or trauma events happening when you're young, you have no control over, very little control. But as adults, you have choice. So when I work with clients or try to work with my students, I try to teach choice therapy. Uh, I want them to try uh, to get into their psyche and forgive their past, try to work through it and forgive it, and not allow these individuals who have done them harm 
physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually to live rent-free in their minds. So I work on the healing process of getting them out of their minds and living in the present. So, uh, they, as victims, if they continue to live as victim in their adult lives, they are attacked and used by the weakness that they show. So oftentimes taken advantage of in love and friendship relationships. They are very critically <clears throat> and very harsh judges of themselves, which leads to a very low sense of self-esteem. And that causes uh, problems. Now the vampire, if you remember, is an energy uh, stealer. So these uh, folks will seek out women who show such weaknesses so that they can prey on them and be an easy uh, accomplishment in their eyes. So they walk around, the codependent women walk around with low self-esteem, which is very evident. As a result of this victim mentality and low self-esteem, they can develop dependent personality disorder, and as a result, they can become very fearful, if not downright frightened, by abandonment. They will do anything to hold on to a relationship in order not to experience that abandonment feelings. So, they got this abandonment feelings by being raised in a family system where the people, the adults in particular, were never really there for them emotionally. So again, just like the vampire, the codependent individual will seek out and try to recreate a family system that was dysfunctional to them in an attempt to heal. Codependent people experience guilt when they do get those episodes where they speak up for themselves and what they want out of life. So instead of giving in to others, uh, they feel guilty if they do speak what they want. A very important factor of codependent people that always fascinated me with working with them was how they confuse love and pity. And they tend to love people that they pity and people that they can rescue. So if they have strong feelings of pity or if they have strong feelings that you need them, they feel more comfortable that they have purpose. So it's another factor that's very important to look at when you're looking at codependency. Love is letting someone go. Love is being supportive, encouraging. It's not uh, a sense of need. When I work with couples, I oftentimes listen to the words that they say to each other. And I try to pick up when they say things such as, I need you versus I want you. When you use the word, I need you, that denotes dependency. So I get very critical in watching and listening how that word evolves in a conversation, in a session, or even in working with my students. When you use the words, I want you, it's a giving sensation. And it's wanting to share their life, not needing to have that person in their life. So that confusion between love and pity is very, very strong. Some codependents become chemically dependent just like their partners, or they may be married to a chemically dependent person or both. They oftentimes cannot exist without finding a compulsive personality such as a workaholic to fulfill their own compulsive needs to take care of someone, someone that's going to be needy for them. Another factor that often puzzles me, and it's a very difficult thing to try to explain, codependent individuals seek out excitement. 
So uh, in my classrooms and in my clients, I often ask the question, why, you know, to the females, why are you attracted to the bad boys? And that's the key word that keeps coming out is that they're exciting. It's not a dull, boring life when you meet a nice guy. Also, if you get down deeper into their psyche, they will tell you that, you know, nice guys to them are unpredictable because they've never been treated like that from their family systems. So in essence, they seek out men who are much like the adults that uh, they experienced when they were growing up in that excitement, even if it was negative kind of attention or a very dysfunctional family system, they still seek that out. So I got somewhat of an answer, but it still amazes me how such very beautiful personalities can be attracted to someone that treats them so badly. And again, anyway, it makes sense if you look at how they were treated growing up and they learn that this is what normal is. So on that note of normal, what you learn growing up, there's fascinating phenomena going on today with parents and their children. One that you're probably quite familiar with is called the helicopter parents. These are parents that hover, literally hover around their children to try to make sure that their life is good, that they're okay, and they're not going through any issues or problems. So they, they try to hover over and try to protect in the extremes if children are being uh, uh, going through some emotional issues with friends or classmates. These parents try to step in and resolve the problem for their children by confronting the individuals or confronting the teachers without, you know, fully talking with their kids. Remember, for kids to become independent and self-sufficient, have self-esteem, they must learn to defend themselves and they must learn to grow through life uh, by their own means. A parent can be a guide, but oftentimes the helicopter parents become best friends with their kids. Neck as a confusing rule because as they become best friends with their kids, the kids look at them as a buddy, but not necessarily as a parent. So I work with parents who do this and try to get them to be a parent, listen to their kids, give sound advice, but ultimately let their teenagers make up their own minds. Don't hover about them and try to rule their lives. And as far as best friendship goes, typically that can occur when, these, when their kids move out and establish their own lives, then uh, mom or dad can be seen as best friends because they're both equal as adults. But until adulthood, you need to be a parent. The second phenomenon happening today that you see on the news recently and has a brand new title. This is called the snowplow parent. The snowplow parent paves the way for their children uh, to be successful without any effort of their own. You saw this on the news recently with uh, the wealthy paying and bribing schools, major league schools, to take their children in uh, without any effort on their own. So they're paying people to take the SAT test for their children. They're bribing coaches and uh, administrators at school with huge amounts of money to get their children in school. And the children may or may not have any interest in going to college to begin with, but the parents are paving the way. And it goes further. Once the children do graduate from school, they, they get the children jobs. So these kids never, ever do their own thing or find their way through life. And they become very unrealistic. And in essence, uh, these folks can become very entitled. They, they expect high, high wages for jobs that, that never pay that much. 
and they feel like if you criticize whatsoever, they quit and they move to another uh, position. So they're never actually working towards anything. It's always handed to them. These are your snowplow parents who don't realize the harm that they're doing to their children who will never become adults. In essence, these children may develop what the, in the field we call the Peter Pan syndrome, where they're going to be forever children. Very dangerous malady. So let's look at some other characteristics to go deeper into the psyche of the codependent person. They go so deep and so far as their good feelings about who they are and what they're all about stem from being liked by the other person. So they have no self-reflection, self-validation. They only feel good if you, the other person, feels good about them. Their good feelings about who they are stem from receiving approval from the other person. So your problems, I'm saying the other person, the other person's problems, trials, tribulations, anger, sadness, excitement, is reflected and owned by the codependent person as well. So they have no opinions, thoughts, or feelings separate or different from the other person. They absorb totally the other person's emotional state and mental state. <clears throat> so the mental tension is focused on pleasing the other person. The mental tension is also focused on protecting the other person. And it's also focused on doing what you want them to do to be accepted and validated as being a good person. And their self-esteem is highly bolstered by helping you solve your problems. Their self-esteem is bolstered by relieving any pain that the other person may be suffering. It goes even deeper. I've worked with some very interesting codependent individuals who their own hobbies, interests, friendships are all put aside. And all of a sudden you see evolving that their interests, hobbies, friendships, or the other person's hobbies, interests, and friendships, no longer their own. So their time, efforts, and everything is spent with the other and not with significant other people. So their behavior is dictated by desires of the other person. So in essence, they become almost like a chameleon or a puppet in a relationship, total loss of sense of self. And over time, it erodes into a very deep, dark place of meaninglessness that can be very, very sad. Even that goes deep as their clothing, makeup, appearance is dictated by the desires of the other. So uh, anything that pleases the other is what they will evolve to do, totally giving up the self. Very sad to see in session, very sad to see as students get involved and start to uh, push away people that were once close to them. Any dreams that a codependent person may have had are gone. Now their dreams are a reflection of the other person, what they want and what they want to do with their lives. They give of themselves, even when exhausted, tired, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually exhausted. They give of themselves because that's their meaning and purpose to life, is to be there for the other. I once, uh, uh, personal experiences uh, working with clients, I once worked with a very severe case where a woman came in uh, to the session wearing sunglasses. You know, I obviously knew what's going on 
and I didn't push the issue. I wanted her to feel comfortable to come out and say what she needs to when she felt comfortable. So as the session progressed, she became somewhat emotional, finally took off her sunglasses, and she had a black eye. I inquired as to what happened that caused this black eye, and she proceeded to tell me that she had slipped while taking a shower, and her head hit the spigot in the tub. I let that process go for a while, too, because I knew she was uncomfortable to possibly say anything else. So I, let, I proceeded, you know, asking if she's okay, how she's treating her black eye, how she feel emotionally, etc. Again, she became emotional and finally confessed that it was her um, drunk husband who had come home. And being a codependent female, as you heard these qualities I've read to you, being a, a codependent female, she felt that she needed to fix, relieve, or take care of, of him when he came home. And one of the one things you learn in the addiction field with chemical dependency, you can never talk to someone who's drunk or high. You must never talk to them. It can be violent and it's not going to help anyway. So what happened is she tried to fix or confront the man in a very gentle way. He got angry, swung and hit her in the face. Her rationale at the end of this episode was, he didn't mean it. He was drunk. If he'd have been sober, he would never have done that to me. He's a very nice guy. So the next day when the man woke up, of course, he was in a blackout the night before. So when he woke up, he asked her, what happened to your face? And again, she repeated the story of how she slipped and fell in the tub and hit her head on the spigot. And he proceeded to tell her how stupid and dumb her behavior was and what's wrong with her. So she still, even with the face of facts of what happened, lied to protect the other and not to uh, make the other feel bad. So she took on the total physical, mental, emotional pain of that incident. Very interesting how they rationalize their behaviors. And there was once a joke back in the 80s and 90s that wasn't, you wouldn't consider it to be funny today. But back then, they used to say if anybody would come up with a my fault insurance policy, they would make millions because all these codependent individuals would buy it because they live their lives knowing and feeling that everything that happens around them is their fault. So they ascribe to that kind of philosophy. Very, very sad. And seeing how they rationalize all the behaviors of the other, even though their, beha their own behavior was very appropriate. So they're never validated, they're never loved for who they are, only for what they can do for the other person. So when I mentioned it's possible to have codependent relationships, as when I talked the same with the vampires, if you're in a codependent relationship, um, the codependent on the phone would be the one who would hear everything about you, but they wouldn't risk saying anything about themselves because they would feel that's inappropriate. Their role is to only take care of you and to listen to you. So you may have those friends, and uh, you got to catch yourself if you're talking to somebody about yourself. Do you ever ask about them? And when you do, do they change the subject back to you? That's a good sign of a codependent friendship, when they automatically slingshot it back to you instead of uh, talking about themselves. Uh, some of the other qualities that they, you got to look for, 
is they're never truly, truly aware of how they feel about themselves. They're only aware of how you feel about them. So they look at their own feelings about how you feel about them. They're not even sure what they want in life. That can be from cars to clothes to if you're going to purchase a home. They want to know what you like, and they go along with everything that you want to do. So that's part of being a codependent. Any dreams they have are not their own. Fear of rejection becomes ultimate in their motivations for keeping you. Uh, their social circle diminishes. They put their own values aside to adopt your values. They value uh, the other person's opinion as a way of doing things more so than their own. And the quality of life that they experience has a lot to do with the quality of life that the other person experiences. So these are signs and symptoms of codependency. And remember, the bottom line is these are behaviors that they portray and adopt to to cope and develop, uh, re, like reinventing uh, the family system they came from with the hopes of maybe making change that they can uh, heal from their past. Codependent people always feel that if they just love the other person enough, if they just do more things with the other person, if they just accept more about the other person, then they will find love. They never look at self and say what they can do for themselves to heal from this past uh, dysfunctional or current dysfunctional relationships. Another factor to look at is how you see them in public. Codependent uh, couples, you'll see them hanging on each other and the one who's not codependent wants that behavior, wants that public display at all times. And I'm not talking holding hands or hugging. We're talking about, you know, groping and fondling each other in public, uh, jealousy being sparked when one goes someplace without the other. These are symptoms of uh, codependency because they want you to be together at all times. They need validated and they need you to be at their sides at all times. I have worked in, uh, with codependent women for a long time, and I find it fascinating how they stay within the family system, especially when children are involved. Uh, again, some severe cases. I've worked with families where the woman is in a very serious uh, relationship. Now, if she's codependent, she doesn't see necessarily the seriousness of it until later. But it's fascinating how when she does finally get healthy enough and leave, and I work with her and I ask, what kept you in that relationship so long? And she would rationalize things like I stayed for the kids or finances, which some of these may be true, but it's so important that when you look at how things come down the line, uh, drastic examples is uh, I've never worked in my lifetime with a child molester or a spousal batterer who has not gone through these symptoms themselves. So when I work with a child molester, they've been molested. If I work with a batterer, they've been battered or beaten as children. So it's coming down the line. So in working with this codependent woman who stayed in the marriage, I point out to her, you know your kids observed everything in that relationship. Even if you didn't show any unhappiness, you didn't show any disparaging uh, comments being made, etc. They saw all this. 
And as a result, what happened is they, uh, they developed these symptoms as they too become adults and they learn that this is a normal relationship. So not in all cases, but in many cases, you'll see how it comes down the line. I myself have been raised, you know, in a family that's very, uh, that was considered today to be abusive, but back then it was called Lickens. And it took me a long time working on myself to look at my own anger and rage issues so that I don't repeat this going down the line. And you'll see your siblings and relatives still perpetuating that attitude that they were raised in. So it doesn't matter what you're doing for the kids. Just remember what matters most is that they're raised with honesty, truth, safety, security, and uh, you know, rationalizing as a parent, not a best friend. So these are some of the signs and symptoms that create codependency. They typically come from a very dysfunctional families that are not very good at validating emotions. Uh, another example could be when your mom's crying in a bedroom, she's hurt, and a little child, three, four, five years old, comes in and says, what's wrong, mommy? And mom says, nothing. I'm okay, there's nothing wrong. Child visibly sees tears rolling down your cheek. They visibly hear you crying. So you just now invalidated their emotions. Very serious uh, thing, because when they grow up, they learn to do the same thing, to invalidate emotions to their young children. So it's an endless cycle, folks, and to break out of codependency, you must recognize that you are an individual, that you have value, that your thoughts and opinions do matter, and you don't have to agree with everything everybody else is saying. Counseling is meant to guide you. It's not meant to fix you. So you need to start the journey of self-healing and become the person that you're meant to become. Only then will you find that person that respects, honors, and supports you becoming completely who you're meant to be. Until then, it's best not to be in a relationship if you are strong enough to get out of a codependent relationship. It's best to take time, regroup, work on yourself, look at your passions, look at what career you want to get into, what steps you need to do to accomplish some of these things you desire. And then, when you find total happiness, just being alone, just so happy when you come home and you enter your house or apartment and everything is just the way you want it to be, are you ready for a relationship? So only then when you find that inner peace. Until then, even though you may be getting stronger after a breakup, your psyche will tend to repeat what it knows. So it will always go for the dysfunction in a twisted way of trying to heal the past. So my advice to everybody is please recognize where you're at, what you're doing in your relationships. Be honest, be truthful, be supportive, be loving. Give of your heart without expectation of returns. And grow as you're meant to grow and be the person you're meant to be. Do not get into relationships where you expect and you want the person to serve you. Be giving and wanting of each other. So on that note, I will close my discussion, and I hope you do look into some of the resources for codependency that's on the bookshelves. And also, the next talk will be on addictions. I'll be focusing on chemical addictions 
and if time permits, I will talk about some process addictions such as gambling, sex, spending, shopping, etc. All of these uh, are very serious maladies that cause emotional pain. So until then, be well, take care of yourself and each other, and speak your truth. Be well. Take care.